Welcome to Amargal Football Weekly. All right, welcome back to another episode of Amargal Football Weekly. We look into the world of world soccer and English football and whatever else you want to call it, wherever you are listening. Um, you know, there obviously we're going to get into the uh, the Carabao Cup results and the draw, the all kinds of stuff, the Champions League qualifiers, the Europa League qualifiers, but obviously we're going to start with the Premier League games this weekend because there's some pretty big matches, um, obviously starting tomorrow morning. Now, Sunday is the big match, obviously, Chelsea and Liverpool. Um, some of the Chelsea fans are, I, I, I don't know, you guys have been following this. Did you remember last year with the... Um, Klopp and Lampard on, on the sidelines uh, in that game at the end of the year. It was a 5-3 Liverpool game. Um, and, and there was some kind of talking back and forth. And now there's been some like talking in the press and Klopp is saying something and, and whatever. Well, didn't, didn't Lampard accuse him of over-celebrating or something? Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then Klopp was out today going, well, we can't spend money like we're, we're Chelsea throwing $250 million around during a pandemic. Yeah, um, you know. So, so there's kind of a little bit of a spiciness, I would say, between the two managers. So, um, plus, plus you have two teams that fancy themselves as title contenders: Liverpool, obviously defending champions, and and Chelsea, having spent all that money for all that attacking talent, uh, you know, colliding here in in week two, and certainly an early litmus test, I think, for for two teams that feel like they are they have championship aspirations. Yeah, they go back a lot of ways too. Sorry, Mike. Um, I mean, in, in the in the early you know, 2000s in the Champions League, these two teams battled, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, the Gerard Slip game with Jose. I mean, these, these two teams have kind of been it's been simmering for a while, and the fan bases don't really like each other. So I, I think it's going to be interesting. But but go ahead. Well, in week one, we didn't really get to see uh, the Chelsea full side either. Uh, they didn't play Hakim Ziyech, and Christian Pulisic was still injured, so he didn't get the opportunity. Uh, to play in that match either. Not sure if Pulisic is going to be ready to go or not, uh, but even still, if you get to see that Chelsea side at nearly full strength with Zayesh and with all the other great attacking talent that they have, uh, Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, that's got a chance to be a really fun game. I mean, if you think about what we saw last week with four goals, uh, three goals actually being scored by Leeds United, seven goals total in that game, God, what is Chelsea going to do against that Liverpool defense if they're full strength? Uh, and, it's, and it's not like that Chelsea Chelsea back four is anything to write home about either. And, and certainly a, a goalkeeper in Chelsea who has really struggled for form. Um, and Kepa, he's under a lot of pressure. Uh, he let one in against Brighton last week that was a little bit soft. It looked like he got down a little bit late. Uh, he was, what, worst in the league in save percentage last season and it's like one of those things like when you're out of form as a goalkeeper the ball just seems to find the corner on you and nothing you know nothing seems to go right because I would I would not exactly describe Chelsea as sturdy in the back and we saw last year when they played Liverpool 5-3 in that game um, Chelsea scored three against Brighton in the opener uh, but even in that game it's it's what it's it's 1-1 Chelsea goes 2-1 and then Brighton had the great chance 
at the back post where the guy missed the header from from point blank range on an open goal and then Chelsea comes down and scores and it's 3-1 so I I think in this game you got to expect goals right Chelsea Liverpool um you know for if you're not a fan of either club from a neutral perspective like I mean these teams these two can put on a show yeah, I, I would think there's going to be some goals. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I was a little disappointed with Havertz on um, Monday. Uh, well, I think he kind of you... got a little bit bullied in the game. And he's I know it's going to take him a little time. But you, you see him, he's about 150 pounds soaking wet. He's, he's got, I think it's going to take him. I, I think the Chelsea fans are immediately thinking, because they watch him in the Bundesliga kind of boss it, that he's going to come in and he's going to, you know, have – 15 goals and 10 assists but I think it's going to take him maybe a year or six months it's going to take him a certain amount of time to get into the speed of the Premier League because he's going to get beat up a little bit and he's not real big and you know Werner's different you know he's hot and cold you know he's obviously going to score some goals at some point and uh you know he's going to be on the end of of some stuff but you know I, I think you know Havertz is going to be kind of eased in. I, I, I mean, I would hope he would be. I mean, if he keeps kind of throwing them out there, you know, it's going to be tough. But I, they have so much depth at that position when, when Pulisic is back uh, healthy and some of these other guys are back that I think they'll be all right. But it, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I, obviously, I, I think Liverpool is, is favored in the game for, for good reason. And, um, you know, they just signed... Obviously, today we talk about Thiago coming in. I mean, he's going to help them. He's not going to be available for this game, but um, he, he'll help them and, and down the road. You know, it, it's a tough game for Chelsea, I think, uh, Sunday. It's Sunday at 11.30. By the way, um, three of the games on Sunday, Southampton, Spurs, this is in, in America, 7 o'clock, Newcastle, Brighton, 9 o'clock. Chelsea Liverpool 11:30 massive game on Peacock. Yeah, they uh, they buried it on the stream and, service, and the which two doesn't it doesn't Western make any Burnley's sense on to me. NBCSN, but like we were saying the other day, they're they're you know your boy Rick Fortenbaugh's watching the some repeat of a women's game on NBC Sports, and they're playing this big game on on Peacock. I, I mean, are you guys kind of Saturday? You know, three of the games are on Peacock. And then the, the three o'clock game is on NBC or whatever it's on. Monday, well, it's, it's, the games are on it's Peacock. Clearly, are you guys a so, fan of this or, or or not really? No, no. But it's it's clearly an attempt to try and build up. I think the streaming service, like, hey, you've got to go in and you've got to subscribe to to see Chelsea Liverpool because because I, I still think you get a seven day free trial if you do it here in yeah. in, in America, uh, and then it's like four ninety nine a month. So it's look, it's not. It's not something that's super expensive, and yeah. we've seen um, you know a lot of other um, soccer go behind streaming Same services. If you have the, if, yeah, if you have the ESPN Plus, you get Bundesliga, Syria, uh, uh, MLS, um, Carabao Cup, um, and that's only like five five ninety nine a month. So it's not a bad deal. But then when you have to keep buying, oh, you know, on top of each other, right? You have to buy this one and this one and this one. Um, it can add up a little bit, but yeah, I think this is clearly an attempt to try and get people to go to the streaming service by having such a big game between Liverpool uh, and Chelsea there. And one other thing I wanted to point out, Havertz wouldn't be the first guy to struggle 
coming yeah. to the Premier League on a, on a big money move. It does take some time. Because mm-hmm. if you notice in that game against Brighton, when the, the goal Brighton scored, that came from that awful miss kick he had that went out for a throw-in. Chelsea yeah. didn't touch the ball again until it was in the back of the net. Yeah. And in terms of the streaming service... Yeah, it's a little bit frustrating. I think the most frustrating experience that I'm having, I'm not sure if you guys are are dealing with the same issues or not. Um, I like to just stream them on my phone and then Chromecast them to my TV. Well, I can't Chromecast it. For some reason, the app's not working correctly, so I had to download the app uh, on my Xbox. And the app works fine on the Xbox and what have you, but there there are little things that just aren't quite there yet. Uh, that can make it a, a frustrating viewing experience. And, and if it does, if, if the Peacock does come with your TV subscription, you yeah. can go through like your on-demand menu uh, and you can find it um, through like if you have like a Comcast. Uh, again, obviously we're talking about here in, here in the States, but if you say, say you have Peacock through Comcast, you can find it through your on-demand menu and watch it on your, your TV. See, I didn't have that. Watch the stream on your on your TV if you have Peacock with your TV subscription. It's not on Fi- it's not on FiOS, it's not on Fire Stick, and it's not on Roku. It is so, on Comcast. Yeah, so I had to go out and get. I, I I bought a new Apple TV for a thing, and then I ended up buying a PlayStation Four as well. We were gonna buy it anyway, but you know, just to be able to watch these games, which is kind of annoying. I mean, if it was on. Like CBS All Access is just on Fire, Fire Stick. I already yep. have 27 Fire Sticks in the house and Roku or whatever. So you just download it. But it's not on these main things because they're trying to fight with it and, and things. So it's it's a little bit, you know, uh, is what it is. But uh, I'm not going to not go out and buy it. So. Um, and I think they know that too. They're trying to get their streaming service up off the ground and they know – yeah. You know, the hardcore football fans are, are going to go out and purchase it and do whatever it is they have to do. Um, you just have to be, I think, a little little careful of frustrating the neutrals. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, in terms of the four Saturday games, uh, Everton, West Brom, Leeds, Fulham, Manchester United gets its season kicked underway against Crystal Palace. Oh, and then And then Arsenal uh, against West Ham. And I certainly thought week one, Everton and Arsenal both – um, look good with with impressive wins. Um, either of those clubs can they follow it up here uh, with a with a second win? I think Everton's got probably the better chance, honestly. Uh, James Rodriguez. You talked about people coming into the league and looking a little more boss and a little more mm-hmm. ready for the league. Uh, I thought James looked excellent on short notice, in particular. Um, you know, had only been with Everton for about a week. Granted, he's been with Ancelotti now. I think what this is his fourth team that he's played for Carlo. Um, so that I think was a, a nice revelation for Everton to to see Allen and James out there on the field and both looking uh, as strong as they did. And they're going to get a strong test this weekend, which will be a good, you know, it'll be a good measuring stick for that Everton side. I'm excited to see it. But but it's a, it's the a kind of game. Everton has to win, right? Sure. If you want to be in the in that sort of that top six, and can we get to the top four? This is the kind of game you got to win. You can't drop three points against West Brom. Well, you know these are the kind of games, particularly last season when Leicester started strong. Sure. These are the games that they built up that top four lead on, and ultimately these are the kind of games that they also gave it away on late in the season. So obviously those big matchups, we'll see how they do against what are expected to be the top six sides. But a game against a team like West Brom, who looked hapless last week against Leicester, no threat whatsoever. 
I I think Everton needs to come out and have a very similar performance that Leicester had last week, winning that game two nil, three nil, dominating possession. Yeah, and, and and Arsenal again. Arsenal looked really good. Look, it was against a Fulham team that did not look like it belonged in the Premier League last week. Um, but we said in the in kind of our preview show, we thought Arteta would do a good job uh, at Arsenal, that he is the right man for the job. And again, can they build on that? Can Arsenal put some wins together, a London derby uh, uh, against West Ham? Uh, and and can we, are we going to start to see the, the, the good Arsenal uh, again? Well, Sean, I, I know you as someone who, you know, fancies gambling. One of the best piece of advice you can give to a gambler is to, when you recognize something, jump on it quick. And I think Mm -hmm. if there's something to jump on right now, it's how bad West Ham is. They might not win a game before Halloween. This team could really be in trouble. Yeah, they're not very good. Uh, And, and, you know, once again, I think with the window closing uh, October 5th for international transfers and then 11 days later for transfers inside England, you may see... A team like West Ham, who's going to struggle mightily out of the gate, maybe kind of make some panic buys. But I, I just, you know, if if you you had the you read it out to me, they play Arsenal, then they play Wolves, um, then they play Leicester, then they play Spurs, um, Man City, like. And then Liverpool. Liverpool. And, and, and then their first game that's you know, their their first game that November seventh. You know they'll they'll be playing Fulham. I mean Moyes could be gone by then. To be honest, I mean they're not very good, and I, uh, you know they have all kinds of problems. I, we talked a little bit about this last week. Whether the players were kind of saying, "Why did we sell this guy?" And then you you see what happens in the first week, and it's just they're just a it's just a mess of a team right now. I just. I mean, Arsenal should go out and roll them, but, you know, once again, like, anytime you have confidence in Arsenal, they go out and you, you, it's going to be 2-1 West Ham, so. Can I, uh, what, what, uh, can I get a Bamiyang for the Golden Boot this year? Yeah, he, he uh, Is that, is that, I, I think that's in play, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, he won it two years ago, right? Did he, did he tie with Vardy last year or did Vardy beat him? Vardy, Vardy, I think Vardy won it by one goal. Yeah, I know, I think he won two years ago, they tied with Salah, um, He's he's gonna score some like he he's one of those guys that scores against these bums all the time, which is what you're supposed to do because you know you're playing these teams, you know that are that you're supposed to beat. You you got to have somebody to go out there and score goals, and he 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 finds the net against those teams. Well, uh, those are the ones that I think are a little easier to pick. But Kyle, your guys going up against Leeds, I mean, you have to be a little nervy after what we saw last week. On both sides, Leeds scoring three goals against Liverpool and a Fulham side that didn't have really any of their new players but looked pretty hapless last week. Yeah, and they split last year in the championship uh, in the two meetings, and and Fulham won the game at at the Cottage, and then uh, Leeds won the game at uh, Ellen Road uh, after the the, the coronavirus breaks. Uh, But, yeah, look, it was a Fulham team that basically Scott Parker sent out 10 of the 11 guys who started the, the playoff final. Almost as to say, uh, hey, these are the guys who got us here. I'm going to give them first crack. Obviously, that group, not good enough. Um, you know, totally. Look, it, yeah, it was against Arsenal, but totally outclassed. Uh, didn't look like they belonged in the Premier League. Changed the entire team for the for the midweek game in the Carabao Cup. They won 1-0. Now, look, that was against Ipswich, so it was a championship-level opponent, but it was on the road. 
they looked much better. They had Mitrovic back in the starting lineup, uh, leading the line, and they had their new sightings in. Um, you know, I think Kenny Tete will be a nice signing in the back. Uh, they got Anthony about? Robinson Why was in. The bench last week? Well, they, he just he, he didn't put any of the new signings on the bet on the. No, on no, the Mitrovic. Why, why, why didn't he? he? I I think he was coming back from uh, international duty, so he'd been been playing with Serbia during hmm. during the international break, uh, and and he had a hamstring injury at the end of the year, but yeah, he got a yeah. chance to see. Like I think Kenny Tete makes him better defensively. We saw Anthony Robinson come in on on the left hand side. He's a better attacking fullback than Joe Bryan. Uh, we saw the new goalkeeper Ariola, who came in from PSG. Uh, you know, he, he got to start. Um, so so I think look to see some of those guys integrated into the lineup, and we'll see what that does uh, for Fulham. I think it, it will make them stronger. Will it be enough to keep them up? That I don't know. Um, and, and, you know, certainly it, it comes against a Leeds team uh, that looked good attacking against Liverpool. They scored three goals against the defending champion, and we're in that game, um, you know, all the way to the 90th minute. Sean, in that game against Liverpool, how much of that is talent and how much of that was the, the tactics of Bielsa attacking Liverpool's weaknesses? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a mix of both. I mean, I, you know, they, they do have some, some pretty good player. I mean, Calvin Phillips has uh, just made his England debut. So they have some decent players. I mean, obviously the, the formation that he plays and the way that they play, the pressing style is going to cause you to make errors. And... and if you watched, I mean, um, Van Dyke uncharacteristically made a few errors in that game. I mean, one of them led directly to a goal, and some of the other players, when you pressured them, you know, led to a goal. I, I think a lot of times when you see Liverpool play, I mean, they're always the ones up on the front first foot in pressing. And, um, you know, if you can get at them a little bit, sometimes they get a little bit rattled. I mean, they have some some question marks on I mean look their 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 defenders are, are very good you know Trent Alexander Arnold going forward and and Robinson but like or Robinson but there are some questions about them defensively um obviously if, if you watch the Champions League loss against Atletico Madrid and some of these other games you can get at them so I think part of it was that and you know I just think that you know, at the end, you know, they, they, they just lost a little focus there and gave up that bad penalty. But, you know, it's going to be – they're going to have to score some goals to, to stay in the Premier League, and I, I think they probably will. But they can't be um, giving up the kind of easy goals and these kind of lapses of concentration that's going to cost you at this level. Like maybe you can get away with in the championship. But, I, you know. I texted this to you guys the other day when it happened, but did you know – the first goal scorer in that game played college soccer here in the States. Um, yeah, who was it again? Uh, Jack Harrison, yeah. who oh, played yeah, no. uh, at Wake Forest. Yeah, and was the number one PSG overall pick by... New York. Yeah, he was the uh, first Morris, overall pick by yeah, NYCFC. Um, but actually, actually, there's actually an interesting story if you go back. I think they, it, it was on the MLS uh, website. It was a video they did about him. It, it was back in 17 or, or 18. But it basically how he came up at the Manchester United Academy. And it talks about how he ended up coming over to the States. And his mom showed him the pictures of all the academy teams at Manchester United and said, do you recognize any of those boys? And he was like, no, I don't. Just kind of to prove the point that a lot of these kids in these academies don't end up being professionals. 
right? Or they and it's or really, not for the really team they, hard, so, or not, not for, for that the team, team they right, or not for the team they were in the academy with. And it's really, really hard to be professional at Manchester United now. And and I guess the question would be: Would Jack Harrison be in the Premier League right now if he didn't come to the states and go through sort of that la- that year of high school, that year of college, and the, the two years of, of MLS? If you asked him, he might tell you he wouldn't be in the Premier League right now without it. It just look, and I'm not saying that like that's oh that's just one example. So I'm not saying like oh you should be doing that because every kid is different. And mm-hmm. I'm just saying it worked for him. And sometimes you have to go maybe outside your comfort zone or try something new to improve yourself and get yourself to the level you want to be. At. Well, I think you have to be realistic about your talent level as well because you look at a guy like Pulisic who did the exact opposite, went over to a big academy in York sure. with uh, with Borussia Dortmund and broke into that side relatively early. Yeah, there's, there's just no, there's no right answer right. in how to do it. Right. It's kind of the, the point I was, I was trying to make. So, all right, Sean, Manchester United, after the week off, uh, they get a Crystal Palace team that, that won its opener after it finished really poorly – um, after the break, what should we expect from Manchester United? Look, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I, you know, I don't know who's going to play because they have um, you know, Pogba had coronavirus. But I think he's probably going to be cleared. You know, they signed Vanderbeek, so you know he could play. You know, obviously, Bruno Fernandes is going to play. Harry Maguire is going to play because he plays every minute of every game. Um, I think they're going to have a pretty strong lineup out there. I, I would think the front three is going to be the same. You know, it's going to be Marshall, um, Rashford, and Greenwood. I, I, it's it's crazy because I, I started working and I haven't been on Twitter as much, which is probably a positive. Um, it's just like the Manchester United fans are like in meltdown because they haven't signed anybody. Well, first of all, they signed Donny Vanderbeek from Ajax. Um, and second of all, you know, they're pretty good <laughs> to begin with. Like, they're, 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 you know, Mason Greenwood is going to be a superstar. This kid is phenomenal. He's 18 years old playing for England until he, you know, had the issue with the um, <laughs> Iceland women. But, uh, you know, this kid is phenomenal. He scored, he's got the most goals ever for an 18 year old, tied with Wayne Rooney and George Best. Ballon d'Or winner and Wayne Rooney, the all-time leading scorer in Manchester United history. The kid is a superstar. Um, you know, would I like Jaden Sancho to come in? Of course. Then you got four guys across the top. You know, they, you're talking a little bit about the academy. They just promoted a kid, an 18-year-old center back, Ted and Mengi, who's going to be, and I don't know if he's going to, he probably won't start, but, you know, he'll play in some games. They have really good academy kids coming through. They, they have players that can play. I, I just think the problem with them is, you know, when they start to play multiple games a week. Um, you saw them it, it, when the when the restart happened. You know, when they were playing, you know, they weren't playing any um, the Europa League matches, and they weren't playing the the FA Cup matches, and they weren't playing all this other stuff. Um, they were able to to. To advance, I mean, they struggled a little bit in those FA Cup games because you know, they put the second team out there. But when the first team was out there, they, they rolled through everybody. They didn't lose a game for six months, basically. Um, so I, I think they're going to be all right. I mean, Crystal Palace, uh, you know, I was stunned they won that game. You know, they got that early goal from Zaha, and they, they, they made it stand up. But uh, who, who knows? I mean, the Crystal Palace team that ended the season was awful. 
and then, you know, one of the favorites for to, to be relegated. So um, Palace has only ever won once, I think, at United. I think it was last year or the year before that. So I don't know. I, I, I just hope, you know, Pogba plays and these guys play. If they have a strong lineup out there, I don't see how they're going to lose. But well, just, at this point, I'm not sure. United beating Crystal Palace is not Manchester United's aspirations. Their aspirations are competing in champion uh, in Champions League, you know, being a, yeah. a, a championship contender. Um, they feel well off the pace, though, right now. And I think the biggest reason is their depth when you look at that top three. And I'm going to, you know, I'm not just saying this to get you on all fired up and trying to troll them, what have you. But when you look around and you see Chelsea spending. $250 million. When you see Liverpool, a team that doesn't spend anything, all of a sudden bringing in Thiago Alcantara. And uh, granted, Van de Beek is a really, really good player. But you look at positions where they need to upgrade th- those depth positions. You know, Jesse Lingard is still going to be a guy that's going to have to contribute to this team. Juan Mata is still a guy that's going to have to contribute to this team. Pereira is going to be a guy who's not going to have to be a disaster for you. Like These are guys that are going to have to play either Premier League minutes or Champions League minutes. And for Manchester United, to me, guys, that's just not good enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know about that because right now you got the three up top who are going to play you know, a lot of minutes. Behind them, you got Fernandez, Pogba, Vanderbeek. Basically, three players for two positions you can kind of rotate. Then you got the kids, you know, you got Matic who's going to play probably every other week. I don't know. You got those guys like that. So, like, I I think, like, the Lingards, um, the Pereiras, obviously, if a bid comes in, they're going to go. They said maybe they'll stay for this, you know, whatever. But, I mean, they're not going to be – they're going to be playing in the Carabao Cup matches mm-hmm. and something like that. I mean, maybe dead rubbers in, in the Champions League. But right now, I mean, it's they're going to basically – I think they're going to have to, you know, use those those guys up top. I mean, the guys that basically – I think they scored 56 goals last year between the three of them. So, I, I don't think like that – those guys are going to play. Bruno Fernandes is always on the pitch. He never comes off the pitch. I mean, it's crazy how much he, how many minutes he plays. I, I just think the problem with them is going to be – well, the, now there's an issue. I mean, it's it's a, it's a, one of those good problems to have. But you got Dean Henderson, who was phenomenal all year, and De Gea. So, I mean, those guys should – be pressing each other. I actually think when the, when someone has some competition, um, instead of maybe just just going out there, no, like who's going to press the A last year? He's been the player of the year four to five years. So if he makes an error, who's going to come in? Lee Grant, thirty six years old, or you know Romero. So now there's some competition there. So I think hey, you got to kind of focus a little more. I think maybe the issue is going to be, I mean, they're just a little bit young. Luke Shaw is always hurt. They're a little young on the outside. Juan Bissaka plays like every minute of every game. Harry Maguire plays every minute of every game. So, you know, if Maguire gets hurt or something like this, but they, you know, once again, they got 17 center backs. They have to sell some players right now. I think their squad is actually a little bit too big. But, you know, if they could get like, one more player. I mean, they're going to sign probably. I don't know if they'll sign Sancho, but, you know, they're going to sign somebody on the outside, Ismail Assar, whoever. And, you know, and maybe Alex Tellis from 
from uh, Porto. If they sign like two guys like that, they could come in and it immediately makes the team stronger. I, I, I don't. I think that their front three is better than. I, I mean, uh, Liverpool's front two. For me, though, to me, he's, he's just okay. But you know, obviously, Salah and Monty are phenomenal. But you know, Marshall, Rashford, Greenwood could be the best in front three in the league. So it's, I'm I'm not like I'm not as worried. Like I, I, people are getting like melt, they're melting down on Twitter, and I just said, look, just when the window closes on on October fifth. You know, two and a half weeks from now, and then the, the one after that. If they don't have any more signings, I'll start to be a little worried. But right now, just want to see them kind of play, see how they are. You know, because they got them, and then you know, next week they have Brighton. Um, well, well, that that kind of short Sunday, Sunday matches. Um, yeah, we talked we talked Chelsea, Liverpool, but already, but Southampton against uh, Spurs. Spurs, of course, coming off the loss to Everton. And week one, Newcastle against Brighton, and then Leicester, uh, Leicester, which looked good in the second half of, of its win uh, against Burnley. I just, I want to talk a little bit. I, I just this, the Carabao Cup today was the second round finished today, and um, you know the Brighton played, and you know, obviously the, you know they beat Portsmouth three nil. But it's just I, I didn't realize this. Brighton started an entirely different. Their whole 18 today was nobody from the 18 that was on the, the roster today was even in the 18 against Chelsea. So it was an entirely different team. And they looked really like Jahan Bosch and um, uh, all the, you know, the, the guys that played. Um, they, they signed um, Joel Veltman from Ajax. You know, this guy's a, he's 28 years old. He, you know, he plays for Netherlands. He signed him for $1 million. He didn't He didn't play the first week. He played today. He, you know, he, he looked good. I mean, Brighton's got some players. I, I actually thought I actually thought they looked decent against Chelsea. I, they outplayed you know, Chelsea I, look, for look, large and, parts of the game. Yeah, look, and look, the first goal they conceded was was uh, comically bad, um, you know, that led to the, the, the Chelsea penalty. Yeah. Um, but but I thought they had some good moments during that game. I like that the, the right back Lamptey, the the young Lamptey, kid. I forget yeah. I forget where they got him from. Um, kid. Okay, isn't he? I, yeah, I thought I thought they signed him from somewhere. Okay, um, it, it might have been it might have been Chelsea, but I I like him. Um, you know, and I, I I and I I thought they were they were pretty good to me. They looked like a team that's going to be solidly mid table. Yeah, he's a good um, coach, man. I'm telling you, you know, that team I, is building. That, that, first, that stadium is so nice. That team is building. You know, they're they're one of these teams that is building. You know, solidly building to to have a something underneath them, and then you see maybe in a, in a year or two they maybe they get a bigger signing, and all of a sudden they're you know they're they're like the new Southampton or something like this. So I I, I we talked about them last week, or I did. I mean, I I really liked it as a team. I you know. Newcastle, who knows? I mean, that that's going to be a tough match, but I think I, I think Brighton plays the right way, and and you know they could go to Newcastle and get a result. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to come down to again. We always talk about it scoring goals in the league. You know, Neil Maupay held up last year. He's pretty good. Uh, looks like they're at least in that first game they moved Leandro Trossard from more of a wing position uh, to a center forward position to see if he can try and contribute some more goals. Uh, you know, guys like that, a young guy in Aaron Connolly, are they going to be able to put the ball in the, the net enough? Um, mm. 
Yeah, they, they look a solid mid-table team, that's for sure. And, and a team that I was kind of expecting to be in the relegation battle. Uh, again, you talk about those early adjustments. I, I think you can probably take Brighton and Hove Albion out of that dangerous tier at this point because there are some teams that didn't look so good. I thought Newcastle looked solid. Uh, Steve Bruce is always going to put a squad out on the field that's defensively minded uh, and defensively sound. Uh you know, they have guys that are used to being in the Premier League. Uh, we didn't see Ryan Fraser, but I think he'll be a good depth signing for them. Uh, with Callum Wilson, you saw him able to get a goal in his debut match as a Newcastle player. Um, you know, so he's already better than Joe Linton. So I think there's some guys for, for Newcastle that are really interesting. And we talked about that Southampton match with, uh, with Spurs. Spurs. Uh, and boy, what a homecoming that is going to be because it looks as though uh gareth bale is going to be one of two spurs players coming in and he's going to see against his boyhood club in southampton you know his academy side that's going to be really fascinating i I can't (laughs) believe uh that bale's going back to tottenham i can't believe it um he just didn't want to i mean does does gareth bale want to play football anymore yeah he's a golfer Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, we're going to talk about Tottenham because I mean, well, I, I started. I, I started. I started the the documentary last night. I watched the yeah. first two episodes. Oh, uh, boy, wait, any guesses who the star of this is? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the crazy thing is, you know, have, the, have, the, the crazy thing with... is, the the crazy thing is. He's an arrogant prick who you want to run through a wall for as a player. <laughs> yeah, he's, so, he, so, so he's, he's fighting with Delhi now, and now so so uh, every, you know Delhi's uh, saying, oh, maybe he'll go to Real Madrid on uh, f- for uh, you know if, if Regulon comes and, and uh, bail. And uh, Zidane's like, nah, man, I, I watched that documentary. I, I want no part of it. It's <laughs> it's like crazy what's going on. And I mean, Tottenham was losing. I, Tottenham was losing one nothing today to Lokomotiv Plovdiv. What country is that in? Seventy. I don't even know. I would guess <laughs> Bulgaria. Um, I'm gonna look this up right now. Uh, Bulgaria. Good guess. Um, sounded like a Bulgarian name. Um, but then they needed two red cards in the final 13 minutes to get by two one to Lokomotiv Plovdiv. I I, I think like. You know, Bale is going to help if he's if he wants to play and if he if his hamstrings come with him. Um, Regulon is going to help because you know I don't know who their left back is at you know at this point Davies or right? I know it's not Danny Rose from watching the documentary, but um, I don't think they're that good. Well, so uh, here's my question: How much of did, this is they're not that good? Sorry, Cal. How much of this is they're not that good? And how much of this is, you know, you talk about Mourinho and you talk about the style that he plays. When they let go of Pochettino, it was a team that was dealing with a lot of injuries at that time. Harry Kane was hurt and what have you. It feels like, to me, Mourinho has zapped all of the creativity from this squad. I watched this terrorist take over my club for... You know, two and a half years. <laughs> hey, it, look, the first year was awesome. You know, they won the they won the um, the Europa League. Europa League, just barely. I, and the final was good against Ajax, but just to get to that, you know, did you, they did you see the scene? Did you see the scene? I like they should have lost or whatever. They won did the, you, the uh, 
EFL Did Cup. you see the scene in the documentary where he walked up to Sanchez and goes, you guys were shit in the final. We beat you before. I yeah, beat you before yeah, before yeah. the game even started. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you ever, if you watch that, um, there's a, I don't know if it was on MUTV, but like United knew they were going to win that game before because they, they came in and they said, listen, we have this thing. And they, they were going to like, Ajax plays the ticky-tacky stuff. So they played Fellaini and they used all the size and they just over, they just had the, the, the defenders and the, the midfielders just go over top to, 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 to um, the midfield, just bypass their midfield. So they couldn't kind of press. And it was like a perfect game plan and it worked. Like, if, I forget what documentary it was on or whatever. I just remember seeing him say that. I think it was on Twitter or that thing. So he is like, he can have these big games where he sets his team up, but it's just these games against like Lokomotiv Plovdiv. And last week, um, you know, they they were awful last week. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's just, you watch them and you're like, man, Everton, like they're getting outplayed by Everton. Like, it's the Spurs have Spurs have. Bet, I know Everton got better, but Spurs are supposed to be. I mean, crazy. They're in the Champions League final, two you know, a year ago. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. you watch him play, and you're like, this team stinks. He's killed him. And I'm telling you, he like you already see. There's problems with Delhi. He's gonna like run these guys into the ground. They play like they had all these creative players. Now they. It's just gonna it's gonna sap the life and you're gonna play on the counterattack. The counterattack is great if it works. If not, you're just sitting back, just as like a barrage, barrage, barrage. And it's just like and then if you go behind, what do you do? There's like no plan B. And it's just it's the same I'm like I'm like watching a mirror image of when like the last year of United when they lost to Sevilla in the Champions League. And he talks about the the football heritage and all this stuff. It's just crazy. I, they should be Better than they are. I, I think Southampton. I mean, they didn't play well last week either. But you know, Southampton has a chance to come in here and win this game. Uh, does Does Jose make it through the season? No, 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 no chance. Right. I don't know if uh, it's Christmas. It's. I'll say this: if they're like, if they're in the semifinals of the Carabao Cup or something, maybe because you know they they. Just, Tottenham has to win silver. They have to win some piece of silverware. If they win a piece of silverware, it was worth it because they haven't won anything in a hundred years. So they got to do something. They had, they need to win a trophy. So if he can get them the the that was the thing they did with United. You know he won the the United. You know they had won the FA Cup, but when he comes in, he wins the first chance he gets. He wins the um, the EFL Cup at that time. So, oh, wow. Then he wins Europa League. Then he wins the whatever, Charity Shield. Then he wins whatever. You know, he, he wins three trophies that year. Oh, wow. Okay. So, actually won the Charity Shield before that. But um, if they win a trophy, it's worth it. But I just I, – I, Tottenham fans, and we try to tell them, and they don't listen. They're like, listen, man, we've seen this. And the Chelsea fans told the United fans that we didn't want to listen. And we're like, nah, nah, it'll be different. It'll be different. And that – but it's the same thing. It's like, oh, no. It, they'll be better with us. You, you see this in, like, baseball or other sports. No, this guy's going to be better with us. Right. No. Nah, it's over, man. 
And you look at, you know, we bring up English managers, you know, the, the Sean Deitches and the Andy House of the world. But listen, there are some good coaches out there. Pochettino still doesn't have a job. Uh, Matt Allegri yeah. still doesn't have a job. So this is going to be a team that needs to get to results and, and, and quickly. If this team is sixth even, I mean, you look at a, a team that seems to be adding Gareth Bale, right? So you talk about a front four of Bale, Ali, San, and Kane. You need to be contending for the championship. Yeah. And if you are not, that is a managerial failure. Yeah. All right. Samsel, Samsel, uh, a word on Leicester opening against Burnley, who Leicester looked good uh, in that opening win over Southampton. Burnley, we haven't seen yet. This is its uh, season opener. I'm a little nervous about this match because one of the things that Burnley does so well uh, is that very tight defensive style. And Leicester is a squad that gets very easily frustrated when they can't counter and they can't kind of get out and run and get Vardy into those open spaces. And I'm a little nervous about this match because if you're able to hold Leicester in, hold Leicester in, and get them frustrated and not let them get out and run, it's what West Bromwich Albion did so well until they conceded that first goal. And then they conceded that first goal, they had to open up, and Leicester slayed them. If you can get that early first goal against Burnley, you could have a similar result. If Burnley doesn't concede in this game and they stay compact defensively, I could see Leicester getting frustrated and losing this game if, you know, if they concede a, a late goal to Burnley and Burnley, you know, knocks themselves into one because the Leicester right. back four isn't very good right now. Uh, you have James Justin, a backup playing out of position on the left side. And, you know, Castagne looked pretty good uh, in his debut, so it's hard to complain about him, but he's still not Ricardo Pereira. Uh, all right, and Monday, not to skip over it, Aston Villa plays Sheffield United. Aston Villa be its first game. Sheffield United lost 2-0 at, at, at Wolves. Uh, I think both those teams are going to struggle this year. I think Sheffield United regresses to the mean uh, and finds itself in a relegation scrap. Uh, same with Aston Villa. That's about all we need to say about that game, which then leads us to Wolves against Manchester City. Again, Manchester City. Uh, making its season debut. Wolves looked really good. Two early goals against Sheffield United. Really cruised to victory uh, in week one. Nuno Espirito Santo uh, has got a contract extension there. The game's at Molyneux. Wolves beat Manchester City at Molyneux last season. Um, we get an early season upset here. Wolves maybe maybe a little frisky in, in this one. I just looked at the score from today. They, Wolves lost to Stoke in the Carabao Cup, but I'm sure they probably didn't play Looking at the live score, they don't have the lineups. But um, yeah, this Wolves team is really good. Uh, they beat City twice last year. Uh, one of uh, Manchester United did that as well, I, I know. But Wolves beat them twice and gave them fits. No Aguero for City in the game. Uh, it's updated today by my man Paul Hurst from the Times. So, you know, it's... It's it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, City has to come in here this week and and uh, lay down a marker if they want to win their title back. And um, you know, we'll, I, I look, I really like this Wolves team. I, I think they're really, really con big contender for a top four spot, especially now that they're out of the Carabao Cup, they're out of the Europa League, they're out of the. Um, you know, they got the FA Cup, but 
know, th this is a team that's not going to rotate a lot. If you, you watch, I mean, they play the same 13, 14 guys all the time. And I, I think it caught up to them at the end of the the restart there. I mean, they were battling for, for, for um, top four and a Champions League and Europa League, and they just fell out right at the last minute. And that may end up being the best thing that happened to them because they're going to be able to, to go at basically every game now with their starting 11. And with them, I mean, they, they, the way they play and, and their lineup and their um, – formation I, they're really tough to play against they're they're one of those teams that to me they're like oh city's playing wolves united's playing wolves today chelsea's playing wolves liverpool's playing wolves and you go to yourself they could drop points in that game right oh, like like on any, on any given like oh, on any united given day last year wolves united is going to be one Ten times. They they're going to twice in the FA gonna, Cup. They played them twice here. They played them once in a thing. I mean, everything. It was like they were playing Wolves, and every single game was the same exact game. It was like new, they're that, one new. They're that exactly. Every they're game that is team. the same when you play them. If if you if they score first, you are in trouble against them because Traore is going to run at you, and he's a monster, and their backs are going to run at you, and they you you just. Connor Cody is really good. He's played every minute and of every game for like the last two years. They just, they don't, they, they don't get hurt. Jimenez is always in the right coach. place in the box. Like, yeah, like they, they're really, really good. I really like this team. What they're doing with that team is just like it's amazing. They're 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 kind of like Atalanta in in Italy. How they're kind of building to really attack that top four. And, you know, if they could ever get in the top four, man, George Mendes is going to be bringing guys there left and right, and they're going to be one of these teams that are going to be signing players like crazy. That's the thing. For me, looking at it, you know, as you know, with our owners who don't spend a dime half the time, like if this Wolves team ever breaks into like the top four and gets Champions League, they're going to spend like crazy, and they're going to become really good. Let's, um, you know, to step down from the Chelsea, the, the, the oil teams, but they're going to spend like crazy. Let's think about how crazy that sentence is when this time three years ago, Wolves were playing in the championship. And now we're talking about them as a team that could realistically finish in the top four, uh, the way they built up their squad. And they have kind of the perfect formula to beat City, right? They're, they're pacey on the wings. They're pacey in the midfield, and they have two big nasty forwards in Traore and Jimenez. And if the center of that city defense is soft, like we've seen in the past, if they decide they're going to trot out there with, what, Fernandinho and Imeric Laporte, who may or may not be back to full strength, they're going to be in trouble. You know, this might be a big game right off the bat for a guy like Nathan Ake to prove – Hey, are you are you a starter for City or are you just a depth signing? Are you another John Stones? See Ugh. now, what, what Wolves did. I mean, if if I was an owner, or if I was someone looking to invest in the English football pyramid, I, I think what I would do is what the Wolves guys did. They 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 found the team like Wolves been in and out of the Premier League. I mean, whatever. So they kind of. They go down, they find a team, they invest. And you could tell before 
they were going to be good. Like everybody kind of knew, like man, if this team ever comes up, they're going to be really good because they had a, they had a Premier League team in the Championship. They were spending like crazy, kind of like um, what Salford City's doing a little bit in the League Two with all the you know class of '92 guys. Um, you go down to the Championship and find a team like I don't know, you know Millwall or one of these teams and just invest, get them for cheap. And then you get them into the Premier League, and then you know obviously the Premier League prices are going like crazy. So, I mean, you could tell they were going to be good, and this team is set up for long-term um, success, more so than any some of these. You know, the, you look at the rest of the some of these teams at the table right now, like Newcastle would have been, but you know some of these teams are are, are going to struggle up and down. And Crystal Palace will be, you know, they'll yo-yo, you know, sixteenth. 10th, 8th, 16th, whatever, Burnley. Well, Wolves are going to be set up now. They're always going to be one of these teams that are going to be top 17 from, from now on. And I, if they ever spend some money, like if, real money. Um, if, I ever won, if I ever won the lottery, like the billion-dollar lottery, yeah, uh, and then, what would you do with it? I would buy like a 6th or 7th division English soccer team. And then, and then it would be like um, – you know, then you could come in and you could hire like all your your people and you're you set up the you know academy and see what you know. You know what I'm saying? You don't have um, to go that far. kind of like got buried last year for like fifty bucks. Yeah, exactly. That's if if I ever won the lottery, that's what that's that's what I'm I'm doing with with my money. I'm gonna go buy like a seventh division team in in England and we're gonna have some some, that's some fun what, with it. That's what the class of '92 did. I mean, they they they, you know that that that, well. I'll say this. I mean, Salford is owned by Nicky Butt, Beckham, Scholes, Neville's, but they're also, you know, they're like, I don't know, 10 or 20%. Peter Lim also owns them. So the, the Valencia uh, owner, and obviously they're having a problem, but, you know, I mean, the class of 92 technically owns them, but, you know, they found this team, and now Salford's in League Two, and, you know, now, if, if if they find a way into the top three or f- win the playoff, now they're in League One. Now you're two steps away from the Premier League, mm-hmm. and you know they're going to back them. So yeah, that, that's the way to go, I think. Um. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, for anything, uh, you know, Premier League obviously has got started. Uh, some of the leagues uh, across Europe have started. Some of them are about to get started. I think the Bundesliga gets started this weekend. Serie A gets started uh, coming up uh, uh, pretty soon. Talk League in France has started. Uh, anything, uh, anything, one thing uh, from around the continent you're looking forward to? Uh, yeah, it, if PSG ever wins a game. <laughs> not necessarily if they're going to, to win a game, but if they just stop fighting people. That was ridiculous what happened the other day. Now there's a, yeah, a racial discrimination investigation going on. And yeah, you had kicking, yeah, you know, people kicking and a Brick killed a guy. Like, it was crazy that the end of that PSG match. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I mean, I, they haven't won a game yet. So, you know, and it's, you know, three matches in, and, you know, it's that league is, they'll win the league, obviously, because, you know, who else is going to win it? But um, this weekend, you know, obviously Spain is, is, is going to be interesting because Barcelona, you know, who the hell knows what's going to go on with that? I mean, that could implode at any second. Messi's staying he's leaving he's staying he's leaving and you know he's, he's he's controlling who leaves and who doesn't leave and you know real madrid is 
pretty, you know, obviously won the league last year. And, um, you know, I, I, there's really no, like, I don't think Atletico Madrid is good enough at this point to, to win. So it's going to be between those two. But, you know, obviously every game is going to be crazy to watch now. Uh, and obviously in, in, in the Bundesliga, I was saying in the Bundesliga, Bayern, eight can, uh, Bayern, can anybody stop no. Bayern Munich? Uh, we'll, uh, Dort, look, Dortmund's got a pretty young uh, attacking front. The two English, the two English kids in Sancho and, and Jude Bellingham, who came over from from, from Birmingham. We obviously we know about uh, Erling Holland, uh, Gio Reyna, who looked really good in the in, in the preseason. Uh, looks like he's he's about to really really bust out, um, and then you certainly have teams like Leipzig uh, and and Mönchengladbach and, and Leverkusen who are always sort of hanging around that, that the top four or five in in Germany. But um, you know Bayern just so good, uh, best team in, in in the world. So I guess can, can anybody catch them in the Bundesliga and, and can Bayern repeat in, in the Champions League or, or some of the big things I'm looking forward to? I'm a little surprised that Bayern actually won the Champions League. I I, I think. Thiago's going to be a well, they've won. They've won 21 straight matches. I, I know. Like, and I, I don't I, – I'm not going to say I don't see a ton of talent because that's completely not true. But it's just – it's a weird lineup that's working. I think Alcantara is going to be a big loss for them. And I'm curious to see they, – they bought that goalkeeper from Schalke, I think, Alexander Nubel, who everyone is saying is going to be the one who replaces Neuer, um, you know, competition or division you know we'll find out what what's going to happen in the back there with Bayern uh because Neuer doesn't look like a guy who's ready to give up his job quite yet uh but I guess the short answer to your question is no no one's going to challenge Bayern no I, I don't think uh, so deep. yeah you also have Andrea Pirlo taking over at Juventus um a little bit of a, a, a rebuild on the fly there at Juve where they've gone, they've decided they were old, and they looked old in that loss to, to Lyon. And, and the way and they're going to fix it is trying to sign Luis Suarez. Well, <laughs> and that's, if he can get his Itali- that's if he can get his Italian passport because they signed Weston McKenney first and then realized they had no non-EU slots left. So so Suarez has got to got to go take the Italian citizenship test, he and he's got to pass actually, it. So we'll see. And he's we'll got to get his. But but their midfield looked old and slow, and that loss to Lyon. So they've tried to 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 do some things. And look, I, I actually I think McKenny's going to be one of the real big breakout stars this year in in the Champions League. I think people are going to see how good this kid this kid really is, and why the you know the, the there's such high hopes. I think from some in. Uh, American fans in terms of the young players uh, that they have coming up so so I'm really excited to see the way that you know a kid like that the first American to ever play for Juventus um, slots in there it looks like Pirlo really likes him and it's going to give him a chance to, to get in there and, and win one of those center midfield jobs I think uh, I think this is the year Juventus doesn't win the league it, think, that's that's possible as, as well yeah I, I think Inter, Inter Milan um, obviously, you know, it, they finished one point behind, but that's a little bit deceiving because Juventus won the league and then kind of fell apart. And after they already knew they won the league, they were prioritizing other things. And Inter, Inter won a bunch of games when they had no pressure, you know, like a lot of their players have done in the past. I mean, Lukaku does really well in games where there's no pressure on him. He's a flat track bully, it's called, over there. But, um, you know, Lazio is, is pretty good, and, and um, obviously Atalanta, um, talk about them. I mean, they, they score five goals a game, so, I mean, they, they, they're they pretty good. I don't know if they're good enough to win the league, but I just think 
at some point this Juventus run is going to end. And, and unlike Bayern Munich, who gets stronger, you know, I just think they're getting a little bit older, and, and it's, it could be the end of that little reign there for Juventus. Well, um, we've talked about but... how weak the French league is and how that tends to hurt PSG in Europe. We've never really had that conversation with Juve, though, but that Italian league at times has been pretty weak, and I wonder if that hurts Juve in Europe. And so kind of the converse of that is with Europe, or with Italy getting better, with Inter Milan getting better, with them being pushed by Atalanta, I wonder if that will actually kind of force Juve to, to up their game, or, or do they wither to it? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, and certainly some of that can be traced towards the, the kind of AC Milan has kind of fallen off um, the the track sort of as, as terms of a super club. Like, look, they had to go to Shamrock Rovers today uh, in Ireland, right, to 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 go through a Europa League qualifier. Um, so, Just so, about but look, one, two. Um, so, but look, if, if AC Milan can be a, a factor again, and if Inter, which looks like it's going to be in, in a title race, and, and Lazio or, or Roma, these big um, clubs with, with so much history and, and, and tradition, um, you know, that everybody knows about, then yeah, I, I think maybe we could see a, a bounce back, a more competitive uh, Serie A this year in, in terms of, you know, maybe finally getting a new champion that isn't uh, Juventus. That Inter team could blow up, though, because then oh, yeah. Conte almost left. Like, they had Allegri lined up, and then all of a sudden they just kind of figured it out. But Christian Eriksen is miserable. He's causing a ton of problems over there. If Conte starts fighting with the owners again and that becomes public, Inter could win the league, but that could also go really south really quickly. Uh, just before we go, when want to hit on the Champions League. Uh, probably by the next time we... we talk to you we we'll see you know we'll see how it goes but certainly they're we're into the champions league playoffs the first legs are scheduled for september 22nd the second legs on either the 29th or the 30th so we'll finally get to the to the 32 teams that will be in the champions league um you know i guess i guess what stood out to me is that um red star belgrade and dianimo zagreb are both out which means we'll see some some new blood come into the champions league uh in terms of you know there's 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 champions from some of the smaller uh, associations in Europe that that kind of you know I don't know if you want to say make up the numbers, but are certain the fourth team in the pot. A lot of times we, we've seen it be Red Star or Dinamo Zagreb. Both of those clubs are, are out. out. So I, I, you know, Benfica is out too, uh, which I told you they were going to lose that game too, Sean. Ro- uh, and Brian to, Rose to band team Young Boys out to Michelin. Uh, out to out to Michelin. Um, so I, I think we're going to see some new blood in the Champions League, and I think that's that that's a good thing uh, as well. There's some interesting matches in the you know uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv against uh, Red Bull. Uh, that's Red Bull is going to. Yes, I think Red Bull's uh, these, a big these are favorite. I think Red Bull's a big now. favorite the, in that. Everything else was you know one leg up until now, and now these are two legged ties. Mold against Ferenc <laughs> Ferris. Ferenc Ferris, who continues, you know, they say di- beat Dinamo Zagreb. They beat. Um, Celtic and that was to be Celtic uh, in in, uh, in Glasgow. Did everybody enjoy that? <laughs> Not, yeah. They knocked out Celtic in Glasgow. Slavia Prague against Michelin. Ghent against Dynamo Kiev. Dynamo Kiev is a pretty good team. Krasnodar against POK, who's still in it as well. Um, big big win over uh, Benfica, and then um, yeah, that, and then Olympiacos against somebody who didn't play. Somebody is still yet. To no, the uh, Olympiacos has uh, Omonia from Cyprus. Oh, Omonia. Okay. 
if I yeah, pronounce that. Be some interesting, yeah. You know, like, yeah. like I said, I, we're we're gonna get some some new blood. I, yeah, I think. it's 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 brutal too, because like you know, I, as the the Manchester United fans, I mean, when you get the teams like that, hey, it's new teams. You want to go? Oh man, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to Prague. We're gonna go to, you know, Greece. We're gonna go to wherever. Um, Frank Faros, Hungary, um, you know, Israel. Uh, th- th- those are fun trips, and you know, it's just tough. I mean, I I know I just they they started. They're gonna let some. They're gonna test some games this weekend with a thousand fans in England to see how it works, and they're gonna start ramping up maybe to thirty percent sometime in October. But it's it's gonna be a long time before it's full capacity. But even you know. 30% fans, if they can, you know, 26,000 at United or some of these places, I, you know, I think it's going to be, you're, there's not, you're going to be able to travel to, to, you know, wherever it's. So now it's, it's just about watching them on CBS all access and Peacock or wherever the hell they're going to put these uh, end games on NBC and, and, and everything else until, until we can get back there, you know, we talked about a lot of this stuff. I, there's, you know, obviously the big games coming up and, and the fourth round of the Carabao Cup coming up. So um, make sure to check back in next week. Probably going to be Thursday again after the um, after the Carabao Cup games, setting up the fourth round. Now it's kind of when the big boys come into the Carabao Cup. So the top seven teams, you know, Leicester's, United, teams like that are going to be in this. So it starts to get a little bit interesting. So um, for Kyle, for Mike, and for me, Sean, uh, I got I got to make sure I uh, say that from from my guy on, on Twitter. Uh, he said he couldn't he couldn't distinguish between all three of our voices. We all sound the same. So, uh, that's, that's, that's a little I, bit. Uh, uh, Samsung, hmm. I'm the loud one. <laughs> yeah, um, he got. We do. I, I wanted this quick shout out because you know we, we we've had some uh, some. That's my man Lipo. I mean we we've had some a lot of people check in because we posted the, the the links last week. Mike, you, you gave us the links last week for for the different kind of um platforms and uh, posted it on Twitter on, on a, the Margot Football Twitter and on on this and we've had some different people that maybe weren't listening. I know Myron's Myron probably listened as soon as it. Uh, was posted, um, but we had some different people listening, and, and you know, the, the, obviously the better site uh, posted it. So, um, I, yeah, thanks it, for everybody for listening. And we're going to be, you know, it's going to be going forward. We're going to be doing some once again daily shows or by daily. I don't know how something uh, as as uh, maybe some previews and stuff like that. So, um, well, just keep checking in. I'm really thinking about is just the fact that, um, you know, we have so much more reach on this new platform now. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> believe it or not, we have much better home studios than what we had at the actual radio station. Uh, but but being in our home studios and being able to get together whenever the three of us can Zoom and, you know, being able to, to get the podcast out. And by the way, if there are any podcast forums out there that you can't find us, uh, tweeted us and let us know, and I'll make sure it's on there. But right now, we're everywhere. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Apple. We're on Stitcher. 
you can find us pretty much everywhere. So if there's if there's something out there that you're looking for and you don't know about it, just tweet at us. Let us know. We'll make the adjustment. And we'll make sure we get the podcast on that platform too. But we have such a huge reach, and we got a ton of support for that first episode too. Yeah, if if you need to tweet us, it's uh, Kyle is at KJ underscore Franco with a K. Uh, Samsung is is uh, currently taking a break from social media, and uh, I'm I'm at the Prodigal Sean, and you could it's S E A N, and then you could also uh, get me at uh, Amargal Football. I'm sure you've seen it, and uh, the podcast is called Amargal Football Weekly. So, um, for everybody, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.